Welcome to the Limitation is Mirage podcast. Today I have a superhuman guest in Cleana Fullen who is a motivational life skills mentor. So first of all, thank you for being here. I'm really excited that we are wearing matching shirts for a start. Uh, I didn't go and get changed, swearsies. Uh, can you give everyone who hasn't met you, who's living under a rock, uh, a little brief intro into who you are and what you're about, please? Absolutely. Thank you, uh, Liam, for having me on your podcast today. I'm excited for this conversation. Cool. So, yes, my name's Cleana Fullen. I am from County Tyrone, literally just out the road from you. I am a, a busy mummy to three little ones. And for many, many years now, I have been doing life skills mentoring. It's a program I devised uh, well over 10, 15 years ago at this stage. And uh, yeah, I suppose. Who am I? That's what we're all going to hear today, because <laughs> I don't keep nothing a secret. <laughs> Good. Uh, for, I suppose the first question that I know I'm going to get is, what is life skills mentoring? Like, what 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 would a life skill be? Because I I imagine there's people that come to you and when you teach them a skill, they're like, "Fuck, I didn't even know I needed that." Yeah. So, yeah. what would that be so, to someone? Life skills mentoring. I suppose getting the label right or the title right was always tricky for me because life skills in an ever-changing society, which is constantly changing, uh, we need to adapt to it, to the, to the change. And a lot of people don't want to adapt or don't know how to adapt. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's a personal development course. So it's helping people understand why they are the way they are, teaching them the science behind it. It just kind of helps back it up. There's the proof, there's the evidence. Mm -hmm. And... Um, teaching them as well guiding them through falling in love with themselves accepting themselves nourishing that bringing that forth out into the world so knowing that it starts with you first then you pour it onto other people and i suppose getting out of the generational thing that it's not selfish you know mm, that we need yeah. to learn to love ourselves accept ourselves and bring that out outward as i said um so a life skills mentor the, the type of mentor i am now my course is very different from other people's but yet it's all very similar is guiding through, you know, people through all the material that I started reading just under 20 years ago and all the books that have helped me, I have put them into uh, an eight-week course. Obviously, there's one-to-one -one sessions and stuff as well, but, you know, all the books have been, have been brought into the course. And, yeah, because it changed my life and it helped me see through a, a nicer lens and it helped me accept me for who I was and accept others for who they are, then, you know, you can kind of see how everybody would want that type of life. Yeah. It sounds like you, you had the same sort of um, revelations as me. You're just doing the stuff for yourself and loving life and realizing how awesome you are. And then you're like, fuck, I am deadly. And then you look around and you think, why is everybody else not doing, why, why are you not doing this also? Um, and I love the idea that you bring the science in because like you said at the start, it's hard to get the name right. Because I remember when I started all this stuff, I always claimed to be 21. So I must have been young when I started this. <laughs> but saying life skills and mentoring and all people were like, what does that even mean? But as I've discovered throughout my life is people don't have the skills to navigate the world that's ever changing. And the fact that you bring this science in just so it's not um, all up in the air and people just have to believe to to achieve or whatever you still have to believe it yeah. but also do the work yeah. there's a lot of work that goes in with it um so obviously you you found all the stuff you did all the research and then decided to change was there a moment in time where you were like i i have to 
teach people this this i can't just keep this to myself this has to i have to do something like yeah. or was that a gradual build i think i think i was born like this and i'm not <laughs> joking and like mommy would mommy tells a story that i stopped breathing when i was a week old and the way that i was safe supposedly you know the doctors and the nurses would have said this girl's going to do something this girl's going to do something big there's a reason why this child is here this child you know shouldn't be here through medical terms but there's a reason so i was very fortunate to be brought up in such a loving environment and i know sometimes that can second people because they weren't yeah. but it's all part of my story and i have to share it daddy is like a bob proctor right cool mommy is like a female version of bob proctor so we were brought up with gratitude i mm -hmm. mean it Liam. from everything we've done there was gratitude and daddy was um, in the construction industry. Mummy reared us from home, but they did lead very, you know, very nice lives. It was, it was a nice lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So we traveled the world from I was age five. So we got on yes. beautiful holidays abroad. But mommy's side was, let's go to the nice hotel, have a nice family holiday. And then daddy would have taken us out of this beautiful hotel in Jamaica to take us to the orphanage up in the mountains to teach yeah. us about life on the other side that what you are living is beautiful and you need to be so grateful for it and things like that but this is the other side of the coin so you were being brought you know there was always two different aspects to the holiday um which was fun so from a very young age i traveled to these beautiful countries all around the world and it's kind of stayed with me but what then always then was with me was this element of gratitude and i don't know how to be any other way is just so grateful but it was as you say what was the moment when i had a fight for my life when i had to work alongside the medical profession you know professionals and and use all my effort and work on holistic side back in 2013 um that was my moment like i remember lying hooked, hooked to machines i was just had been a mother I remember shouting at God and saying, this is all I ever wanted to be, you're taking it away from me. And I was so cross. It was just this cross. And I remember lying like Jesus on the cross and I was hooked to these machines. And I just thought, wow, they can only do so much. I have to do the rest. And lying there, watching the world go by, watching people come in and out. I was on the neurology ward, so it was very traumatic. It was a lot of trauma. Mm -hmm. You were witnessing a lot of trauma every day and I was there for six weeks. So it was relatively long for me, right? I'm being away yeah. from a newborn. And that I think really shifted me out of the fear that I lived in from a trauma as a child. I was consumed with fear and then because then I had everything I ever wanted um, I had the husband, I had the home, I had the child, this is all I ever dreamt of. And then the fear riddled me, what if I lose it all? Mm -hmm. What if, what if something happens? And I couldn't explain the fear to anyone. And I suppose the illness coming was my way of going, okay, now they can understand from their perspective, yeah. what I'm thinking and feeling inside. And yes, I was a very positive, optimistic type person who loved life. Like I really, truly did. I really felt, you know, does everybody live like this? Well, they should live like this. And then I started to realize on that ward, that ward, that no, not everybody does. Everybody's yeah. coming from very different walks of life. So if you were to ask for one very important moment, one shift, I suppose 
that's that's one that would definitely stand out yeah well six six weeks of in a, in a trauma ward would stand out in general yeah, yeah. but I, I like that you're saying there that it, it sort of gives you that freedom to show people that your life wasn't perfect because if you i notice it in my life because i am positive and I, and I do a lot of positive things people think nothing bad's ever happened to me yeah. like you've never had tragedy in your life it's easy for you and you're like well is it but just just you allow it like having that experience so that you can allow yourself to go right people are going to notice now people people can see this and then my favorite bit of it was when you said whatever dawned on you that nobody's coming to save you 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 have to save yourself and i, I imagine that's what you teach people because yeah. you probably get the same sort of people coming to you reaching out to you as i get that are are reaching out to me to save them to fact can you give me that secret yeah. thing that you have and i'm like it's not in me it's in you we just have to waking it up <laughs> you say waking it up i'll be like we have to drudge that out of you but <laughs> same thing um so imagine if i was listening to this now and i was like all right fuck she she realized this and has gratitude and lives this sort of life how do i get started so if i don't have a clue how do i get started in gratitude and like living for my higher self I suppose you have to understand why you are the way you are first and foremost so i'm all about getting to the root cause as opposed to addressing the symptom right because mm -hmm. we can keep water and plants and they'll grow and grow and grow but if you don't dig you know have a wee look at how they're built in you know are they strong enough to weather the storms are they healthy enough or what is needed and i suppose when you do go to the root cause it can be a wee bit daunting for people that's mm -hmm. why you need a good certified mentor or coach or however you want to term them to gauge you through it and yeah. um, personal development in my opinion it all starts with realizing you need it and mm -hmm. then it's looking and you know for the people because some people will be drawn to me some people will be drawn to you some people will be drawn to to other mentors and, and they go forth in that journey the way that it was meant to be right they're yeah. not meant to be with me they won't be with me they're not they're, they're meant to be with you they'll be with you but i suppose start with a book you know what kind of books are you drawn to um mine was the secret now as i said because i don't want to i don't want to put all this study into why i am the way i am i want you know used to understand that i was reared very grateful so i don't know how to be any other way um yeah. I was never allowed to lie on in the mornings in our house. It was like the most loving military camp you could ever imagine. <laughs> we had to get up and do the chores. We had to sit down and eat our breakfast together. There was no fighting allowed in the house. Hence why we're all so close now and live beside each other. And, but I suppose if you think in the last 15 years, my proper kind of growing into adulthood and um, personal development journey started from reading The Secret 15 years ago. I was fortunate enough to get it when it was released mm -hmm. um, by an auntie of mine who was, I suppose, who I'm very like. And she was all into the, you know, the Tony Robbins back in the 90s. Like she was doing this stuff when it wasn't even her tell off in Ireland. Yes, it was big well, in America, cool. but it wasn't, wasn't her tell off really here. Yeah. And she gave me her books. And that was the ball rolling for me 15 years ago. Um, but as I said, I was reading the book going, <gasps> They think like me. They're saying things that I say. They're doing yeah. things I do. They're telling. This is this is you know. I'd, I'd nearly find my best friend in a book. Yeah. 
And then I brought that book then into the next study. And then I realized, you know, you can't just read these books. These books have to be studied. They have to be dissected because as the amazing Jim Quick talks about in all his podcasts is that you will forget up to 70% of what you've read or consumed or heard. Mm -hmm. And 70% is is quite a lot. So I realized, well, I'm I'm not going to move on from a page till I totally get it, till I totally understand what this is trying to tell me because every time you read you're, you're in a different mindset you're in a different place in your life so yeah. you have to be mindful of that that these books will make make you feel good for a short time but if it hasn't changed your life you need to go back to the start yeah I, I like that idea of, of not moving on until you've learned because you like the secrets a massive book for people going i didn't get it yeah fair enough you're like how often did you read it? Oh, I read through it one evening. Okay. Would you get calculus if you just read through? I don't even know what calculus is, but it sounds hard. Would you get calculus if you read through it in one sitting? Obviously not. Why? You have to study it. If you want to change your life from the living the way you've been living your entire life, you probably want to, like, I would personally want to study it so I know what I'm getting into instead of hopefully this magic thing just switches me and I become something else like this is not going to work. Um, so have, have you been like that through school and everything? Were you a studier at school? No, <laughs> my problem was now a problem to the teachers wasn't really a problem to me. Yeah. Um, I was a daydreamer. Yeah. So by the age of 30, I had achieved everything I ever wanted to achieve. And I thought, okay, well, that's why the brain disease is hitting me. I'm going to die because I have finally I've got finished, completed it. <laughs> I'm done. And then, you know, it did make me think about the days that I did daydream. Like I was a daydreamer. I knew I could, I knew I was smart. Everyone's smart. You just have to believe it. I didn't yeah. have the belief there to back it up. I just spent my day literally in my conscious awareness. I didn't know that then. I was just defined as a daydreamer, but Mm -hmm. I couldn't understand what they were trying to teach me. I had no love or passion for it until my English teacher back then, Mr. Tuck, taught us about, (laughs) (laughs) he taught us about um, talking and listening. And I remember feeling like I've waited my full life to listen to this. Oh my God, here we go. This is, this is all about me. Now I got an A star. It was never her tell off (laughs) because it was, it was just a little module back then. I don't know if they still do it. I don't know anything about it now, but I, was... I remember when they added that in. Um, really? I remember that they just added in the speaking and listening bit. You know, <laughs> Cause that was the bit where I thought too, I was like, well, this is are something European... I know how to do. <laughs> I know, or European, European studies. I was good at it because I traveled. Uh, and when you travel, daddy taught you the history of the country, everything about it. So then things I could resonate with and I was good at. Maths, oh, English, I wasn't too bad. History, I was fascinated with, but I fought with the history teacher asking him, this is the kind of annoying student I was. How do you know that? But that doesn't mean that that's right because they're saying that this man said that. How do you know that man said that? And how do you know that that's where... You're just going by what books say it. Oh God, you could just imagine what it was like to teach me. <laughs> I can imagine but, so, you'd be I, sort of the same learning now. You want to know, because I'm the same. I asked the why. Yeah. So whenever I did all the Kung Fu stuff, I would ask. So your master said this happened. Is that, how do you, can you demonstrate this? Could he demonstrate it to you? I, I want to know. I don't want you just to tell me stuff because then you can just tell me whatever you want. 
like the way I always think of it is if you had never seen the world's strongest man competition and someone described what these guys do, you would never believe it. You'd be like, so that guy drags a tree in behind him with wearing a wee harness, like a wee backpack. Like you wouldn't believe it until you see it. But if you ask more questions and that person can describe it and explain it more, you'll find the bit in you that connects with it. Whereas school for me was a case of just learn this. Why? Because I said so. And you're like, well, that's not happening anymore. So I think I would imagine you'd be the same if you're in a in a teaching. Yeah. You're like, and, and why is that? And we imagine us in the same teaching would be put out. I know, I know. It was it was fun. I, I went to an amazing school here in Carrick, where the Dean McGurk College, and the teachers were incredible. They were so understanding. They understood me, and we've had I've had conversations with them since. And you know, they realised they identified that I'm not going to be learning the way other people are learning to fit into an economy that I don't want to fit into. Mm -hmm. I I wanted to become an entrepreneur, which I did at 21. Um. So I suppose they just adapted to that and however, however they done it, I don't know, but I got all my GCSEs, I done well, I went on to college, I, I done all of those things, but I just knew that I wasn't designed to fit into this system that they yeah. had designed. So my question was, who designed this and why? Yeah, I love the contrast that we have because we both had the same sort of thinking in school, but you did what would be considered the smart thing and you finished it and did your exams. Whereas I just third year, I was like, you know what, this is not, I'm not, not yeah. forget about it. And I, I left school. The only thing I got awarded was a music award because it was the only classroom I was allowed in the building and an award for attendance, which they begrudgingly give me. But my mom's rule at school was just go to school. She should have added and do some work when you're there. But because the rule was only go there, I used to just go. And I've been back teaching in that school since. I've done different courses and stuff on it. And I was hired back, even though they told me not to come back. Um, and I took a photo of the radiator. I used to spend eight hours or however long school is a day sitting on this radiator. Just I'd go in in the morning, sit in the radiator and wait the school was over. It's mad. Like, whereas you, you did the same thing, but then we both have created successful businesses that it's not love. for everyone yeah. you know and you look at some of the young people like I have a lot of clients who will say what am I going to do with my child and I'm like I, I can't give you that answer because school isn't designed for every human because we're yeah. all so different in our own wee way and we're all going to learn differently some of us will be visual learners and and some will be through reading and studying English um we're all so different and I just feel it's just unfortunate to some extent, you know, that yeah. there's a system there that not everyone, it's not designed for everyone. So I suppose it's finding a system. So what my parents done for me and the teachers, you know, done for me as well, they, they probably didn't even realize they were doing it. They all kind of designed a system, get her out acting, get her onto the stage, get her out playing Gaelic football. She loves camogie. She loves this. She loves helping people. Oh, get her break time to do that. Get, and they got me doing things, you know, that I, they knew that I would do well and that I could excel in. And, yeah. you know, they knew I would be the reader. I put the hand up. I read, no bother. Yeah, me, <laughs> me, me, me. You know, and I was the confident outgoing one. So I suppose they use that to their advantage. It's just trying to adapt to a system that's going to suit you and 
to know that your child, like I see my children now and I'm like, oh God, here we go again. <laughs> you know that this system is not, like the system has changed really, if you think from mm. the 60s, 70s. When daddy was at school, they learned how to plant potatoes, you know, and how to grow potatoes and look after them. They learned the workings of a, of a farm and a family home. The women were taught, you know, the basics of a family home and, and how to grow from that. Mm-hmm. Whereas now education, it's a completely different ballgame. Yeah. You really think of what education is. What are we being educated in and why? Yeah. What for? Yeah. If you think back, like when we were at school, it was to go go to get a job in a factory was pretty much my schooling. So you're like, well, that make that if you look back at the school, well, that makes perfect sense. Teach me how to follow rules, line up, do all the stuff. But I, I like bringing it up because the it shows the parents because I have the same. I have parents that come to me and they go, God, I heard your story and you've somehow been a success and you didn't even read a book in school. You didn't do anything like my all my book reports were made up books like my imagination was on fire and the books just I just invented books and rather than read a book I would invent a book instead and write down the book is about this um so just showing people that it doesn't really matter at some point like I didn't find my way until I was like 16 turning 17 and I found a magazine and ended up on a kung fu journey which imagine if you had to say to a fifth year and some pats you're going to become a kung fu instructor <laughs> just wouldn't make any sense um so just like that idea that it doesn't matter what angle you come at it you can you can go you can still create what you want to create which is the whole point of everything that i do i suppose um so say say if if i decided now that what you're saying just it's lighting me up here it resonates with me what would a day in the life of a student be like for if I was your student, day one student. Day one student. So obviously um, you're introduced to me and like all my work and my teachings and all the knowledge I've accumulated, but also, you know, how I've applied it and what worked and what didn't work. So you have to be honest. You have to make people realize, hey, you know, like I'm only human too. I'm still learning. There's a reason why I still do reprogramming at night. There's a reason why I'm still studying. There's a reason why I make mistakes. And there's a reason why things happen to me because I need maybe these things to happen to me for me to realize what it's like for a client that's going through something traumatic, you know, mm-hmm. or um, or whatever they're enduring at that time. It doesn't have to be traumatic. It yeah. might just be something that they're experiencing. So um, we do online calls once a week and then they get a voice note a couple of times a week as well. So I'm just talking through whatever I feel. So I'm, I know that I'm a spiritual being, but I really am into my spirituality and I can sense things. And if I feel like somebody needs to hear something, I just yeah. randomly pick up the phone and do that voice note and sure as God right away within five, 10 minutes, somebody will respond saying, oh, I needed to hear that. Or I really felt that voice note was for me. Yeah. Um, so obviously there's a wee bit of fun personal development homework. Mm-hmm. You know, you're making them think about qualities about themselves. You're making yeah. them think about um, gratitude, you know, because I still have to go, okay, people still don't understand gratitude. Like that's tricky for me sometimes to get my head around because yeah. I've had it since the day I was born. So I still have to ground myself and realize, okay, Kenna, there's people out there who've never heard of gratitude. So when you're educating them about gratitude, you then pour that into qualities about themselves. You're making them realize 
um, how unique they are. Maybe they've just never had time to sit and think about what they're good at. Because what do we do most of the time? We think about what we're bad at. Yeah, we're good at that. And we give all our attention and focus to what we're bad at. And then obviously you introduce them to goals, like short-term goals, long-term goals, any type of goal. It's just a label, but it's all in the growth towards that goal, Mm -hmm. what you're learning about yourself. Then you would be teaching them about the science behind why they are the way they are. And that all came from this book by Dr. Joe Dispenza, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. Cool. So that book, alongside this is very damaged, it's very old, um, Psycho-Cybernetics, um, teaches you about the science, about why you are the way you are and the paradigms you have, your program, program paradigms and things like that. So then you have to introduce them to the brain waves, you know, the frequency waves within them and the states they go through, how to reprogram them at night. So it is like a form of hypnosis and you're slowly educating them through that because that can be very overwhelming yeah. what it tends to do for the majority of people it takes the pressure off them they realize it's not my fault I'm like this mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and I can change it if, if, if it can be created it can be changed yeah and then you just progress on through the course we you know I introduce them to meditation I take a meditate meditation coaching and we talk about vision boards we talk you know the power behind visualization applying all this knowledge you've gained there's just there's so much in it uh, I don't want to bore you with it but I'm just going to jump in that, that's definitely not just day one you've just you just give me a couple of weeks just in case anyone's listening going fuck how many hours in the day does she think I have um, I love that you started off by saying that you still have to do some of this stuff. This is one of the things I, I find I really have to press with my clients is that I meditate daily. I go out in nature daily. I eat healthily daily. I do some sort of exercise daily. I do all of this stuff every single day. It's not like I got to a point where I'm like, no, I'm the teacher of this. I don't need to do it anymore. I have to keep building on it. And I always use this and I get slagged because it's something to do with friends, but I've never watched friends. So I always do this. And then I say, like, I try to build myself to here in my imagination. And then eventually my life catches up and I build a new one. I don't want to get here and be like, that'll do me. I'll just stay here. And I, I, I'm constantly trying to shift my thinking and shift because the way I am this year, that this version of me believes I can achieve more than the version last year and the same will happen next year. So I'm going to keep, keep trying to grow with it. So there's a lot, a lot in your course, but really when you break it down, it's, it sounds like self-awareness, more awareness that they develop via all these means and the techniques and the information that that you give them, um, more they're going to be successful. You mentioned paradigms. Is that something, because I'm just thinking we're both from Tyrone, when you start talking about energy, spirituality, paradigms, what is the consensus? What do you get there? Whenever, what's the response from people? You could just imagine, but in the past <laughs> couple of years, right? In the past couple of years, I don't know what the pandemic has done to people, but it has woken up a new generation of thinkers the people I'm starting to realize I have to change up my course because I started off this course over 10 years ago, educating people on this material. Now people know this material and they want to know 
more about this material and I noticed there it was last year the start of last year I had to change up my course because people are reading these books they're seeing it all over social media Mm -hmm. um, which does help it helps people get more of an understanding we've got a great person here um Sinead Hegarty who started talking about this online knowing that oh my god you know the people at home don't know this but then when she came home she was like they do know it yeah you know like she uh, took her to an event of mine and I had some amazing people on the stage and she was like I can't believe people know this and I said well you have been away a long time so <laughs> yeah. you know it's people will evolve people will grow mm -hmm. so it's not as daunting as it would have been 10 years ago when I thought people were laughing at me and people aren't laughing at you yeah. it's coming from their own subconscious it's coming from their own uncomfortable paradigms because you're doing something they don't know anything about or you're doing something they wish they could do or you're yeah. living a life that they wish they had mm -hmm. um so that changing that paradigm that people were laughing at me was a big kind of revelation in my life and yeah. it's I suppose you'll probably find it too it's just not as daunting anymore when you do mention the word paradigms or subconscious or conscious awareness or yeah you know I think I think people people knew of it, but it was for special people. It was for spiritualists and yogis and all that sort of stuff. I use the example I often use is yoga, because when yoga first came about, it like people thought you had to have all the specialist equipment, you had to have the fancy outfit, the music, the candles, everything. And then you're like, there's yoga in the fucking CKS. Like there's yoga everywhere, everywhere you go. There's yoga. So it's it's open to everyone and this sort of thing as well is. Um, I know there's going to be people listening that have never heard of paradigms. Can you give us like a sky view of what paradigms means if I was? I will keep it really simple. Yeah. Uh, it's a deep rooted self-belief. It may have been something you endured or it may have been poured into you. Um, simple, something as simple as if you have like a money paradigm, and when I kind of get in there and get you thinking about why you have a money paradigm, it could have stemmed from a time where you wanted something and you were told you're not getting it because we can't afford it. So you put all this yeah. passion and value onto money without mm. even realizing you've done it. And that has been that has carried with you then into adulthood. And, you know, as I say, money isn't valued, should not be valued by us. That's a banker's job. But what yeah. has happened in society is the value has been poured onto us that you're not going to be valued unless you're making millions. You're not going to be valued unless you look like this or come across like that. Mm -hmm. And then my paradigm is the mummy and the daddy <laughs> coming at me from both sides. The mummy going, you know, live the life of your dreams. And, <laughs> da, 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 da. and then daddy's like... <laughs> real world still out there um so i suppose it just to keep it really really simple it's just like a deep rooted self-belief thought so just keep it that simple without getting too scientific a deep rooted yeah. self-belief thought that you learned or that was taught to you or came from your environmental factors or education something you endured and it's just there and every now and then it gets triggered every i like that that sorry to interrupt, but I like that you said, like you mightn't even know, because a lot of people will, will go, I don't think like that. And then when you start to interact and break it down, they're like, I, but sure, we never had money. That's normal. And you're like, I, 
in you in your mind <laughs> i remember working with a youth group they were all about 1920 and we were doing goal setting and the goal I, I taught everything about goals and got them real fired up using like the hypnosis stuff got them real fired up to like go in and attack the goal so they were going to go for whatever was massive and the biggest goal in the room was they wanted to be a shelf stacker in super value and I was like, fuck, that's, that's where his belief goes. If I could create anything in the world for me, that that's as far as he believed he would get. Because the area that we were in was was rough, like the people in it were rough. The, the We Youth Club had fences all over the windows and everything, like it was a rough area. And they didn't even know that that was, because I had said, I had said to them, well, imagine if you did that and then you became the manager. And they were like, I'd never be a manager. I said, like, what if you're really good and you were there for years, like 10 years? Nah. And you'd be like, that's, that's people just walking around with that all the time, holding themselves back by their belief system, their paradigms, whatever way you want to word it. Yeah. And they don't, they're not aware, like, of, of that. Haven't, they haven't been taught. So if you haven't been taught something like this, how are you ever going to learn it? Mm -hmm. You know, you have to want to learn it too. You have to be yeah. willing to change because a lot of people come to me and they don't want to change. They're happy enough being the way they are. Yeah. And I would say, wow, what a revelation. Like that is amazing that you actually want to stay like this. This is incredible. So that, you know, they're trying to prove to me that they like it. Mm. And then when you get in there, you realize, oh, they don't like it. You know, yeah. nobody likes feeling miserable. Nobody likes being stuck in a, in a in a pity party. It's just because it gets comfortable and it becomes your only way. It's the yeah. only way you know. And then I come along the little annoying green leprechaun and say, <laughs> <laughs> but here, have you tried this? Or yeah. what about reading that? And what about, you know, watching this or listening to him? And I will openly say to people, if you don't feel the vibe from me, how about reaching out to Liam O'Neill or I have yeah. a great friend Joni O'Hanlon who is a consultant for Bob Proctor incredible I have another friend called Nicolette from the Nurture Nook oh my god you have to try her or there's an, a girl called Ashley Conway here I'd say Carrick Moore and I'm like oh, what about her heal your life with Ashley and I just openly say if you don't if you don't feel the vibe with me yeah there's a million other people you could try so you know it's you have to be like anything you know you have to be open to a new way because nothing changes if nothing changes famous joe Dispenza quote i think either him or we and dyer you know nothing changes if nothing changes yeah which so, the problem with that quote is some people like that idea because they're like well it's not scary because i know this so if i don't change anything nothing else will change and i won't have to do because most people that are stuck in that pity party yeah. in my experience are thinking if they change it's just going to be more shit so at least i know this area of negativity i don't need to change for more and i spend most of my time trying to convince well what if it's not what if it's amazing what if you like one of the sayings i say all the time is you can imagine anything you want why not imagine something amazing so instead of sitting thinking today's going to be terrible i'm going today's going to be fucking awesome that's Let's go, let's go and let's see what it is. And just having that willingness 
like you said, to reach out to you and the fact that you're, I think that's really important as a coach that you're willing to go, you're not for me, I'm not for you, but this person might, and this yeah. person might, or, or you remind everyone. me. Yeah. There's enough for everyone. You know, and we're not here judging people who want to change or don't want to change because who are we to say you're, I'm right and you're wrong or you're yeah. wrong and I'm right. You know, we're, it's not a righteousness thing. It's just, if you are fed up with feeling fed up, and if you don't like who you are, you know, go to somebody who does like who they are and mm -hmm. then ask them how they done it. Yeah, that kind of reminds me of something back that I meant to ask and then got distracted by different comments you made. The learn teaching people how to love themselves. I remember growing up, especially when I started doing this stuff, that was some some of the most abuse I would get. You fucking love yourself. You're like, yes, yeah. <laughs> I, I do. I'm awesome. If you got to know me, you'd love me too. <laughs> So it seems to me that people, is it is it that they just need permission to love themselves or is it that, that we don't know we're allowed to? Like, what I do you think? think it's of it? it has to be a combination of so many factors. If you grew up, so you know the way Dr. Bruce Lipton talks about the first seven years of programming. Mm -hmm. talk about how you're everything you endure within those first some scientists have recently said nine seven to nine years so I'll just say seven so first seven years of programming if you didn't witness love if you didn't see people around you who liked who they are or showed respect or th there was just no love you know just no love mm -hmm. within the family home no love within the parents or the guardians who raised you it's going to be tricky for those people to feel love if they never endured yeah. that type of love Mm -hmm. and I know I was head over heels in love with myself my full life but not in an egotistical type way not in a I think I am better than you or I am somebody I just yeah. liked Kleena mm -hmm. I just liked her she was a nice person she done nice things she was fun she loves and lives for every day I just happened to like her the way that I liked my friend or my cousin or whoever so yeah. I do I do see how tricky it can be for people who don't experience it it's heartbreaking to watch people and even people who are over polluted with love right? <laughs> so much love shown on them it's too overwhelming for them if they're a wee sensitive overthinker that's too yeah. much for them to consume so it is tricky to navigate but um between there was a good friend of mine had mentioned louise hay about oh it was well over 10 years ago i think at this at this stage and she says, you know, you should read her books and listen to her message. And I did start to look into Louise Hay. And it's all about self-love and mirror work and accepting who you are and everything that changes physically doesn't have to change internally. Mm. And I became just obsessed. I just thought, how can we not love this body that's carrying us and give everyone else can get our love? Why are we not giving it all to ourselves first? and yeah. then pour that out onto other people. What has happened in society? Has it been a religious thing? Has it been a generational thing? What has happened that everyone gets the best of you, but you don't give the best to yourself? Yeah. So that was that journey of, um, of self -love. I think over here, it comes down to religion and school. You're taught, like, especially for, for women, it's harder because you were just support, supposed to support the family support all that so your job was to love your family and you're like what a, what about me time and you're like what the fuck's a me time like it just doesn't i i remember i discovered this whenever i was a kinesiologist 
So I went through different levels. So I, I did just, not know this. You were a kinesiologist. Well, I still am, I suppose. Um, you haven't done. <laughs> I, I, I started off with Reiki. So I became a Reiki master wow. at 21 and then um, started working with people and then became, whenever I did Reiki, I usually just put people to sleep. So as soon as I came in, like my vibe just chilled people immediately and then they'd end up sleeping the whole way through the system. So I wouldn't talk really. At the end, I would just throw everything at them. I noticed this, this is a thing, this person told me this and this is a thing you need to do and go over there and do that and go to that grave and go over there, bye. And then I would end it. But as a kinesiologist, I talked more. Why is this happening? Why have you noticed this? And I noticed a, a stress that I felt more with um, parents, um, female parents, more than like moms, more than anyone. And it was because it turned out the more I asked, the more I questioned, the selfishness of taking that hour for yourself. And I was like, that's fucking madness. Like you're, you feel selfish because you're broke. You've kinesia. When people came to me for Reiki, they came to me because they were spiritual or they heard it was nice and relaxing. When people came to me for kinesiology, they were broke. They're coming in and they're lopsided and all. I'm like, you've waited till you're completely fucked and you still feel selfish. This is mad. So when it, I think it's back to all of that, the, you have to give your love, support everything. And we didn't realize that you can cultivate your own love. And then the way I think of it, it is because you cultivate so much love for yourself, you don't have to give the love out. I know when I'm in your presence, if there's love. From me, yeah. yeah, you're not you're not trying to go here. Can you feel this vibe? We just feel it when we're in the room. It's the same as like through through learning the, the Reiki. I remember when I did level two and my Orla, my master, she was like, now you can do tarot card readings and stuff like that. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she's like, just do it. You can do it. Just listen to your gut, your intuition and do it. And I remember I used to do, I only ever did it for friends of family's friends. So if they invited me and the conversation would start because I was a guy, I just landed tattooed, bald, super psyched the whole time because i was <laughs> damn right <laughs> but people would start away back and within like 10 minutes of the conversation they're like right up and i'm not doing that it's just they feel it they feel that good energy and our subconscious our body is like give me some of that there i just want to get in there so i love the idea that you're teaching people to cultivate the love for themselves and then develop it and like you said i love that you put that across that because some people that don't love themselves and you talk to them, they're like, but my family was so loving. And you're like, yeah, it was too much. You were too sensitive, too young. You didn't understand it. It was like overpowering. So when anything's overpowering, we just shut down to save ourselves. I'll just, I'll just stay over here. You, don't fit in. you feel like you don't fit in. And I was adopted and I was this and I, this family's not for me. And it's just because it's too overwhelming. You're just that sensitive type like mm -hmm. a little overthinker there's nothing wrong with that it's just who you are and who you've grown into be um but the the holistic side is so powerful and the religious side can be just as powerful yeah. if it's all done correctly if it's yeah. all done in a in a pure way that you're out to help you to help others not just you to benefit from others you know to yeah to pour it on to everyone you meet, whether it be a smile or a compliment, or even something that was taught to me is to be a better listener. 
you know, just listening to people. Don't listen to respond. Listen yeah. to understand and, and just listen. Like people don't, you know, anybody watching this is now going to go, am I, am I a good listener? Do I listen? And now what you, you'll start to do is you'll start to listen to other people not listening and listening to people who yeah. are listening and you just become so aware. So I think that's why I really excelled in the talking and listening module. <laughs> I realized people don't listen. Yeah. Everybody's listening. Everybody's just listening to respond, waiting on their turn to talk. I used to work with a guy and I used to entertain myself every day by starting half a conversation. So I would say, well, and he'd go, mm, yes, yeah, yeah, very good. And I'm like, he doesn't listen to a single thing you say. But for just so you're saying, there's people listening going, fuck, am I a good listener? I would tell them to ask the people around them, do you think I'm a good listener? And don't listen to the words they say, listen to the way the body reacts. Because if you're not a good listener, they'll, uh, no, I, no, I think, no, you're good, eh? Like, you're good. So just <laughs> listening. Sorry, Liam. Oh, I, I suppose we shouldn't even need to ask somebody <laughs> if we're good we should just do a wee bit of self-reflection you know am I a good listener or am I always listening just to respond with what I think and what has happened me yeah um, just how that how I can fit my analogy in with oh see the way you said that well that fits with me here um like the the listening part of the the course that's I, I go through with people. There is a part about listening and I give them three questions. They're only allowed to ask and then they go into groups and they're like broken down. They're only allowed to ask these three questions over and over again. And I demonstrate it first. And then whenever they come back, they're like, that's so hard. You know, like, yeah, because you're trained to, we're trained to be useful, but we don't understand what useful, like holding space for someone is useful. Like you talking through, there's a whole Abraham Lincoln story about it where he was, something to do with the war and he chatted about seven hours to one of his friends and at the end of the conversation he said thanks and left and his friend was like i didn't open my mouth i just sat here but just letting people get it out there into into the world and get it off their chest and everything and um, so listen i think listening's massively important and it's something that i suppose doing podcasts really shows you're trying to listen to pick up and ask more about the story rather than throwing information at you um, I, I can't remember how long I've kept you here, so I'm, I'm very, I'm aware of your time, but not aware enough. <laughs> um, is there any, because I'll just keep talking to you for, forever now, if we just keep bringing up more and more things. <laughs> words of wisdom, is there any words of wisdom to leave people with or like pieces of advice or anything that can kickstart anyone listening thinking, I really like this lady, I think, like what, what, a, how do they make the next step, take the next leap? Um, I'm just looking at my cup, right? One of my clients has designed her own clothing and products range. And she asked me for a quote. And what quote did I give her? If you want to get it done, you just got to get thick with yourself, right? Sometimes- <laughs> Couldn't be more Tyrone if you tried. <laughs> it's just, you know, sometimes you have to be cross with yourself, you know, in a nice way. I don't mean like, like be mean to yourself or hurt yourself. I mean, sometimes you just got to say, just get up, get up off, out of your bed. You know, when I hear my father saying it all the time in my head, nobody gets me up in the morning and says, good morning, sweetheart. Hope you have a wonderful <laughs> day. Here's your breakfast. Oh, don't worry. I'll sort the children. Oh, here's your work. Nobody does that for Cleana, only Cleana. 
so it's taking back the power and the ownership of your life and stop handing it over to everyone else like Barry will surprise me on Valentine's Day Christmas birthdays special occasions right but there is nothing like a cream egg at half eight at night with a cup of tea when I don't know he's bought it there will be nothing to touch it right that we kind of random act of kindness to something I love too much but <laughs> there's nothing like that and you have to learn that people will be here to pour a wee bit of love onto you, spoil you a little bit, show you this, show you that. But you have to do this all on your Todd. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be a lonely journey. It doesn't have to feel like it's scary. It's just getting into the roots and rewritten or resetting foundations, however you want to term it. And knowing that if you don't do it, by the time you're 80 or 90, that's going to come around really, really quick. You know, yeah. we know time doesn't stop. It goes pretty darn fast the older you get. And if you don't make the changes now, you're making the change for someone else or someone's making the change for you. Yeah. So the power still lies with them. So I'm all about ticket ownership and regaining your power and just get thick with yourself. Every now and then, give yourself a good talking to. I suppose because I was brought up in Carrickmore, we were brought up with football teams and comedy <laughs> teams and Irish dancing and, and every one of my coaches and mentors, they were just like, mom, get, get going, get more in you, come on. You know, it was that's what I was brought yeah. up with in the sporting industry. And I made that sound very posh, the sport. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, well, culture. <laughs> yeah, very good. The Carrickmore sport sporting culture. industry. <laughs> Sounds like a business. The sporting culture. But I suppose what that taught me is, yeah, I, I don't like going up to the gym and my trainer sh shouting at me and saying, you've got more in you. I'm like, I know I do. And I'm just like, yeah. you know, you have to get thick every yeah. day and then. Just get a wee bit thick with yourself to push yourself on that wee bit harder in a good way. It doesn't have to be a bad, mean, yeah. you know, hurtful way. Just you're doing it for you to push yourself to that that extra step not the limit get the limit out of your head just the next step there is no limit there is no limit death is the limit <laughs> <laughs> uh where do people find you for everyone who wants to catch up with you and tune in i'm on all the social media sites all the social media channels just as clean of following because there's only one of me thank god <laughs> and you know people just reach out to me there i don't really use you know any of the social media channels for my business or things like that i have this theory that if you're meant to be with me and work with me you'll find me so that's just how i kind of use my work my business use it in my life um i'm all about the law of vibration but that's another conversation for another day um, i'll hold you to that one <laughs> we'll bring you back uh i'll put all links to everything anyway underneath so everyone can find you easily uh, Kleena, I really enjoyed this conversation. I really appreciate you being here and giving up your time for everyone. Uh, so thank you very much. And for everyone listening, have a super awesome day, whatever you get up to, and I'll speak to you again soon.